How is he only a 90 overall? You have Richard Sherman, some old man who can't run for Jack. You need to put respect on Zach Ertz's name and a bunch of other tight ends that should be higher than Rob Gronkowski. The man hasn't played since 2018. He's not going to be the NLFVP. And then, <laughs> and then he goes onto an Instagram live where he, he seems to have been under the influence Smoking a cigar. I don't think MVP is indicative of the best player in the league. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Go Chat. We're here for episode 45. We have the World Series to discuss, but first we're going to talk about the go of the number 45. I'll start with you, Mike. Who's your go of the number 45? For the goat of the number 45, I got to go with my man, Pedro Martinez. This guy was one of the best pitchers of the 2000s. He's a three-time Cy Young winner, eight-time All-Star. He won the ERA f- title five times. He also won a World Series in 04. Um, <clears throat> I think it was uh, with the Red Sox, yep. And th- this guy was just absolutely um, unstoppable on the mound. He has He's a part of the 3,000 strikeout club, career ERA, of a 2.93 Pedro Martinez was one of the best pitchers of his generation so I gotta go with him that's a great pick Mike who do you have Matt um yeah that is a great pick but I'm gonna go with Bob Gibson he was a pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals MVP nine-time all-star nine-time golden glove he has an ERA (laughs) title a two-time Cy Young two-time World Series winner and he was also the MVP on both of those World Series which is honestly phenomenal, and of course he's a Hall of Famer. So I'm going to go with Bob Gibson for the go to number 45. That's another great pick, Connor. Who do you have? I'm going to agree with Mike here. Um, Mike went down with all the stats, but Pedro Martinez is also <laughs> one of the only pitchers in MLB history to actually be a triple crown winner for the MLB, which I think is most wins, the lowest ERA, and then the most strikeouts in the season. So I mean, for him to get that feat is definitely. Um, one of the top of the line things that you could ever do in an MLB pitching career. So Mike said the other accolades, but just to add on to that, I would say Pedro Martinez is the go to number 45. Well, that's a great pick. Pedro's great, but I am going to agree with Matt on this one. I'm going to go with Bob Gibson. He just, his career is unbelievable. Matt, you gave a lot of the stats, but he had a 9.2 career war clearly a hall of famer mvp two-time cy young winner he won two world series with the cardinals he was just outstanding five-time gold glover i mean that's really impressive as a pitcher uh so he could feel oh wait no nine times guys aren't great it's nine times all right that's pretty incredible um and he was just the best and you gave the stats matt bob gibson was great so i have to go with him this week i don't think there can be any argument here but i mean both these pitchers were some of the top ones in the MLB, let alone wearing number 45. And I also just want to send out condolences to anyone close that with Bob Gibson as he did recently pass away. I think it was within the last month or so. So condolences out to his family, friends, anyone who was still close with him. I think that wraps up another great go to the number. Um, you know, we're, we're soon to be able to get to 50 and then we'll go into 50s. Maybe uh, we'll see more athletes uh, that we could instead of agreeing. Cause that's, you know, that's just boring. We don't like to agree here. Um, probably first time we have Connor and Mike agreeing. Um, I know it's, it, it was weird. It was weird to say I agree with Mike. I mean, I mean, sometimes I agree with you on Sam Donald. <clears throat> Other than that, not at all. Yep. All right. But, I um, think 
Yeah, I think that wraps up this segment. Let's head right into our World Series preview. Tommy, get hype! I'm hype. <laughs> Welcome back to Go Chat. We are now going to be talking about World Series preview. Obviously, we had the Tampa Bay Rays versus the Los Angeles Dodgers. Dodgers looked like they were out of it in NLCS. They were down 3-1 to the Atlanta Braves. And then, I mean, obviously, we saw some two incredible catches by Mookie Betts and then some Game 7 heroics by Corey Seager and Cody Bellinger. But we're not talking about the championship series. We're now talking about the World Series. I want to get my co-host's opinion on this. First off, who do we think is going to win this matchup? Two very good teams, the best teams in each um, conference. Matt, I'll start with you. First off, I'd like to say my condolences to all the Atlanta fans. It's been a pretty rough past, what, five years? I mean, ever since the Super Bowl, it's been rough. This past year has been very rough for them uh, in general. But I'm going to go with the Dodgers, the Dodgers, baby. I've been going with them since the beginning. Um, I told you they'd be here. Still looking for the Yankees. Don't know where they are. But Dodgers, of course, they look great. Mike, you're wearing the Dodger blue. Uh, man, this is such a tough series. <clears throat> I just want to say I did, you know, predict the Rays and Dodgers. The Yankees are long gone. Bye-bye. I just want to say that. Anyways, let's jump right into my predictions. <clears throat> I think the, the Rays definitely have uh, the pitching advantage in this series with Glasnow, Snell, and Morton on the mound. You know, <clears throat> uh, Dustin May, Urias, and Kershaw are great, but I just think that uh, three-headed monster that the Rays have um, might slow down the Dodgers lineup a little, but I don't know. I, I just think that this is finally the Dodgers year to get it done. I'll take the Dodgers in seven. This will be an extremely close series, but I'm looking for the Dodgers to finish their title run off. Tommy, I know all of our fans are really just looking for your opinion because you're the guy with the most baseball knowledge here on this show. Who are you taking? Predict the Yankees. Well, thank you, buddy. Okay. What is the need to bring up the Yankees? You, it's just, it's, just it, it's good stuff to bring up because, you know, we bring this stuff up with Mike, you know, I, I have before with the quiet thing. I have to share the wealth to you guys. I mean, I know you guys. Uh, you, know, you know, Mike, Mike and Matt are always the ones talking about the Yankees yet off air. They're the ones saying that we can't talk about the Yankees again because we talk about them so often. Yet they're the ones who are mentioning them all the time. Funny. Right. That was you. Come on. That was yeah. you. You know it was. <laughs> you, you did bring out that point. Tommy, Tommy, give us your opinion. <laughs> well, I'm going to agree with Matt and Mike. I'm going to go with the Dodgers. I think it's going to be six games. I think that the Rays are a great team, but I just think the Dodgers are better all around offensively and um, pitching-wise as well. You look at the rotation. I'm looking forward. You'll know the result of game one when this comes out, but I'm looking forward to seeing what Clayton Kershaw can do in game one. But Tyler Glasnow as well for Tampa Bay, that's going to be a great matchup. So I honestly feel like that could go either way, but I'm I'm expecting the Dodgers bats to put them, um, you know, give them a World Series win. I think that they're going to be great. You have Corey Seager, Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts. We've talked about them the entire postseason. They're just an outstanding lineup. So I have LA in the World Series this year. I could see this World Series coming down to – um the bullpens. I mean, we have two really good starting pitching staffs. Um, not a lot of leeway there. I mean, the Rays really shut down for the most part Houston. 
through the first three games. And I mean, even the pitching was really good. A walk-off home run by Correa here. Another just solid hits there. And then, I mean, Houston found their way back in that series. But I mean, we even saw Rays pitching against the Yankees. I mean, the game five was two to one. They only allowed one run to the Yankees who had probably one of the most lethal lineups in the, in the, in the league. So I think it could be come, coming down to pitching and the bullpen. And we didn't see a lot of very good pitching from the Dodgers against the Braves. Their, their bats came alive when they needed to, but I don't know if they're going to get that opportunity against a really good race pitching staff. I'll say the Dodgers win, but I think the race really, really could. They have a really good shot. The only, I would say if the Dodgers, to ensure me that I know the Dodgers are going to win this, I need Mookie Betts to – I need his bat to come alive because his bat hasn't been anywhere to be found throughout the entire postseason. He's had a really good glove in the outfield. He's made two really good catches that possibly save games, but his bat just hasn't been there. So if you can get the bat going, I think it's the Dodgers series to lose easily. Absolutely. I agree, Connor. And who do you think has more momentum? Because both of these teams, they're obviously coming off a huge game seven wins in their respective series. Um, which one do you think is going to be able to ride that momentum to a World Series victory? I would oh. say the, the Dodgers definitely have more momentum because they won, they won three straight to get where they are. And the Rays lost three straight and had to be forced into a game seven. So I think the Dodgers, are, they're, they're still riding that high where the Rays, they really had to exert all of their energy into, into four straight games to try to get one win. So I, I, think, I think the Dodgers are definitely going to ride that, ride that wave. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, Connor, um, just going off what you said, um, I honestly thought the Astros were going to come out and win game seven against uh, – against the Rays just because they had all the momentum. They, they won three straight. Right. And it's, it seems like kind of like a, this, the storybook ending that the Astros and Dodgers meet in the world series, but obviously that's not what we have now, but what, one thing I'm going to look for in game one and what I think will happen in game one is that the Rays will stop the Dodgers momentum and Snell will pitch a very good game and Kershaw won't live up to par that that's just kind of the feeling I'm going to get Kershaw besides his first start hasn't pitched well this whole postseason while Snell after his rough first start is starting to pitch a lot better so I think the Rays are going to come out stop the Dodgers momentum in game one and win game one it's glass now right pitching time it's glass now oh well Blake Snell's tomorrow night so that's my bad wrong wrong day no, but you made good points, though, for game two. Yeah. That'll, be, that'll be interesting to see um, because it could go either way, to be honest, in game one. You have one of the best pitchers of all time, at least his generation, Clayton Kershaw against Tyler Glass now, who's one of the bright young stars in the game. So if the Rays do lose, that's the guy you want on the mound, Blake Snell. So those are good points, Mike. So, I mean, hypothetically, had the, had the Astros beaten the Rays, how much fireworks do you think we would have in this in this World Series being a rematch of 2017 Dodgers versus Houston? A ton, a ton, yeah. Uh, I, the MLB definitely wanted this to wanted that to happen because I feel like um, you know TV TV ratings might might have been higher. You know, obviously people are gonna watch the game no matter what, but they could have been higher if it was the Astros Dodgers uh, rematch. Would have been a fun one to watch. 
Yeah, I I agree with you. I think it would have been much better for baseball to have Houston in it, have that rematch, and then hopefully have the Dodgers win. But I think this is still exciting for baseball. The Rays haven't been the World Series since 2008. And, you know, they're on the rise as well. They're going to be around for a long time. Um, they're going to be competitive for many years to come. So I think it's it's great to have them in as well. But I definitely would have rather had a Houston LA series. And it, I, I would say one player to watch out for in the World Series. I mean, obviously, besides the rookie sensation that's been throughout the postseason, Randy Arozarena, is the Rays called up Wander Franco to their World Series roster. And he's a very good young prospect. I think he plays shortstop or second base. He's a middle infielder. And I think if he sees some playing time, he could definitely – he could put an impact on the World Series. I mean, he could go out there and steal a base, uh, possibly on a pinch runner or something. So I think that's definitely someone to look out for. But Randy Orozarena has absolutely taken the league by storm throughout this postseason. Absolutely. He's been great. And um, you saw what he was able to do. And it's not just the, the ALCS, right? We saw him do it in the wild card series – obviously against the Yankees and the ALDS. So he's been great the entire postseason. So unfortunately he helped uh, defeat the Yankees, but I'm glad to see him playing so well. And um, he won the ALCS MVP, right? So that's a great story for the game and hopefully he keeps it going through the world series. Six home runs in seven games is something pretty incredible. Yeah, that's great. One thing I want to point out that, you know, just, just, just a thought and a question that popped into my head the Dodgers have been playing at the Texas stadium for the NLCS, right? While the Rays have been all the way out in Petco Park, if I'm not mistaken, right? So do we think that the that the Dodgers will have an advantage having been in that in that little bubble in Texas for an extended amount of time while the Rays are just getting into and have to adapt? Do you guys think that's gonna affect their play? Or will the Rays be able to overcome that adjustment? I don't think we can answer that question until we see game one and see how they react. I mean, obviously, they did have a little bit of a break here this past weekend. And then yesterday on Monday, they weren't playing. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if they come out and are getting – I wouldn't be surprised if they had a couple errors due to the field, Um, the quick change, and the Dodgers come out and they play well. I mean, the field isn't going to – do anything with their bats or anything I would say it definitely reflects more on their fielding I mean you hit a ball to hit a ball it doesn't matter where you hit it um but the fielding could definitely be affected yeah I think you make a lot of good points and I think that the Rays will be okay they did have um an extra day off um because they finished on Saturday Dodgers finished on Sunday but I think it's a great point Connor about the fielding right because this is a brand new stadium. So the Rays have never played in this stadium ever before. And the Dodgers, they've been playing in it for, for a series, like you said, Mike. So I think there is definitely an advantage there. Anytime you're going to a new ballpark, you gotta learn the dimensions and everything. So I think the Rays will be okay, but I certainly do think it could play a factor. All right. Uh, any more comments on this very, very um, competitive World Series that we will have? Are any of us buying a ticket for 520 bucks? I'll go if you nope. <laughs> You already know, everyone. So hit that subscribe button. Um, we're just four kids with a dream to go to the World Series, right? <laughs>
Yeah. Merch link in bio soon, right, Tommy? Yes, that's right. <laughs> All right. That kind of wraps up this segment. Let's head in into the next one. We are back with Goat Chat. We have a quick segment. Uh, the Miami Dolphins name a start, new starting quarterback. They're getting rid of Fitzmagic, and they are putting in Tua Tagovailoa. It is Tua time, people. Strap in your seatbelts. Tua is going full blast for the AFC East. The Jets are awful. The Bills, they, they've been losing two straight. And the, the Patriots lost to the Broncos. They are going all in for Tua. I want your guys' opinion on this move. They're on a bye week, too. So that was a little, you know, that was a little confusing myself. But, Connor, you, you saw Tua play. Uh, what two snaps against the Jets last week? He threw the ball twice and handed the ball off once. So, do you think that this is a smart move for the Jets or uh, well, Dolphins? Jets. Sorry, Dolphins. <laughs> um, I don't know. Ryan Fitzpatrick has been playing pretty decent this season. He hasn't had that Fitz tragic moment yet that we're to that we're bound to see once every season. He hasn't had it yet. Um. I think the move could be the Dolphins and Brian Flores kind of avoiding Fitzmagic slash Fitzpatrick slash Fitztragic going down and play, having a really bad game. I mean, he did throw two interceptions against a really bad Jets defense. But, I mean, we haven't seen a lot from Tua. We haven't seen anything from Tua. We saw him hand the ball off once, and he threw a quick out to Mike Gusecki, I think it was. So, I mean – it's hard to say what this move means for the Dolphins. Um, I mean, based off his his college career and, I mean, him going number five overall in the NFL draft, I could say that this could be really good for Miami. You're, you're going a little crazy saying they're coming for the AFC East. Um, it, it was for it was for the, for the viewers. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sorry to let down the viewers, but I'm not going to be as optimistic as Matt, and I'm going to say that the Miami Dolphins are still probably going to finish third in the AFC East. I mean, maybe even fourth. The Jets the Jets are on the right. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, they'll probably finish third. Um, Buffalo is still going to win that division, but it's going to be interesting to see Tua out on the field. Mike, what do you think? Listen, I love Tua. Tua, he is just – one He's of the, a top five quarterback in the NFL, guys. I mean, instantly. Call him Dak Prescott 2.0. I wouldn't necessarily say that, but if he turns out to be the left-handed Dak Prescott, he'll, he'll be in good shape. Anyways, based on his college resume, and, you know, it was an or- unfortunate situation uh, with the whole hip injury and stuff like that. But if he didn't have that injury, we are talking about him in contention for the number one pick in competition with Joe Burrow. And I, I don't think anyone can dispute that if Tua remained healthy that whole season and he performed like he did across his whole college career, which was like a generational type talent at the quarterback position, the Bengals would have had a hard time deciding on who they're going to pick. And I think now is the perfect time for the Dolphins to insert him under center and to take Fitzpatrick out. I think this was the plan all along for the Miami Dolphins to wait until their week seven bye. So Tua has two weeks to prepare to really sink in um, that he's going to be the starter of the Miami Dolphins. And I think he's going to come out and absolutely light the league on fire for the rest of the season. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Dolphins, you know, they sneak into the playoff race. They are three and three right now. 
Three and three. The Dolphins are not a horrible team. We saw they're not a playoff team. Hold on. We saw the Patriots lose to the Denver Broncos. Cam Newton was off the he was oh my god. Hold on. Cam Newton was back and they still lost to the Denver Broncos, right? And the Broncos have countless players on IR. It was not a good showing for the Patriots. Do I think that's gonna be the tale of the rest of the season? No. But it's a sign of worry. The Bills, and I still think they'll win the division, but they aren't playing like how they did it in the beginning of the season. So do I think the Dolphins can sneak in, maybe, into a playoff spot with Tua? Absolutely. Um, Tavi, <laughs> uh, what do you think about this? Yeah, I don't know if I would say that this move is going to put him into the playoff race, but I think it'll definitely help him. I think... We, we all saw it too, was able to do in college with Alabama. I think he's an outstanding quarterback, and I think it's a good move. You know, they'll give him some playing time, and it'll be interesting to see how he does. I, I'm sure he'll do well, but I don't know if this is going to be the move that quite gets them into that playoff picture. We'll see. Maybe it could, but I just think that overall as a team, they're a little ways away uh, from making it to the playoffs, but I think it's definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah, I think that this was the perfect time to insert Tua, like Mike said, with the bye week. Um, you know, it was kind of confusing. The only reason why I said it was confusing is because they told us, they announced it literally the day after Monday Night Football. Um, so that was, was what was confusing for me, but I think I think it's right. Um, we saw him, you know, take a few snaps at the end of last game. Um but I'm a huge fan of Tua, too. I have his jersey. Um, and I do think if he didn't get injured, he would have contention for that first pick. I don't know if he would have gotten drafted by the Bengals. But, of course, who knows if uh, the football team or the Giants would have took him. I don't know. Probably not the Giants. Um, but who knows where he would have landed. Even the Lions could have took him. Who knows? Um, don't think he, Don't think this is going to cause him to be a playoff team, though. I just in the AFC, we're talking about the Ravens, Steelers, and Browns. All three are, you know, good teams that have contention for it. Uh, one of those teams, of course, are going to win the uh, division, unless the Bengals, you know, you never know, knock on wood. But, um, and then, you know, you got the, the Colts in the South with the Titans. The Raiders are looking, um, you know, they're looking good. They beat the Chiefs uh, last time they played. Um What's the right? What's the Chargers record? I'm blanking on this. One in one in four, I think. Yeah, the Chargers are one in four. Never mind. All right, <laughs> not the Chargers. You, you, named, you named all the teams in front of Miami right now. I mean, you got Baltimore, Cleveland, Indianapolis, the Vegas Raiders. I mean, Buffalo, Kansas City, Tennessee, and Pittsburgh. Right there, that's eight. Only seven are make it into the playoffs. You're gonna say Miami's better than one of those or two of those teams? I'm saying that it's a possibility. I feel you like said with Tua, absolutely. Don't say you said it's a possibility. I said, can Tua no, 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 no. the Dolphins said, playoffs? No, 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 absolutely. No, 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 no. It's a possibility. You, Obviously, you... it's a long shot. Hold on, Connor. Shut your trap, okay? Obviously, the Dolphins are not as talented as all of those teams you just listed, but they've put up some fantastic fights against some of these playoff teams that you listed in front of the Dolphins. The Bills, they only beat them by three. Uh, the Seahawks, they only beat them by a touchdown. They destroyed the 49ers, and they shut out the Jets. 
I know it's the Jets, right. but zero points to any NFL team is an accomplishment. Now they got the Rams next week. I mean, uh, the week after the bye, we could see what they're really made of. Is Tua the real deal? And maybe they can win that game. Maybe they can. I'm not not denying the fact that Tua can actually come in and shock the world. Mike, all I'm saying is you said, can Miami sneak in the playoffs? Maybe. With Tua? Absolutely. That's what you said. Okay. That's not. That's not what I meant. I meant like, can Miami maybe sneak into the playoffs with Tua? Absolutely. I'm sorry. I, I worried myself awkwardly there. I I just think I mean, the the AFC East. I think they're playing the the NFC the NFC West. I mean, they already played two of the teams, mm-hmm. but I mean, they still have Rams and Rams, Cardinals. The Rams, as we mentioned, and the Cardinals, and the Cardinals looked really freaking good on Monday Night Football. I'm not talking about the Cowboys, but the Cardinals just looked really good, and they're going to be a really tough team to beat. I'm I'm going to be honest. I wasn't, you know, the Cardinals are a good team, but is he going to say he wasn't impressed with them? They put up 38 points on the Cowboys. Is that what he's going to say right now? Yes, but the problem is Kyler Murray only completed nine passes, and they still put up 38 points somehow, right? They they cause those passes were for eighty yards and sixty one. What? He had two passes of those nine. Two of them went for one hundred and forty one yards. He's playing the Cowboys. Like honestly, the Cowboys are bad. They're so bad. They are so bad. Like they're Jets level now. That's how bad they are. All right, this isn't a conversation about the Cowboys or the Cardinals. This was about Tua and how Tua is going to play with Miami. Obviously, we've gotten off track, which means we have no much, not much more to say. So I'm just going to take the initiative here and wrap this segment up. We're going to be back with one of our signature segments in the GOAT picks next. Welcome back to GOAT Chat. We have got the GOAT picks. We have these every, every episode, you guys know. Check the leaderboard. Nothing's really changed. Connor's still on top um, by one since, you know, the football team decided not to go for two to win the game. Um, but he's ahead of three, I think, ahead of Tommy, and then four ahead of me, and then five ahead of Mike. Six ahead of me. Six ahead of Mike. So you never know. Uh, we got three really good matchups here today. We'll start with um, we'll start with the World Series game two. It's played obviously tonight, being uh, Wednesday. Connor, who's gonna win game two of the World Series? Well, Mike was saying it during our World Series preview about how Blake Snell is going to come out and pitch a really good game in game two. And I think he's going to do it. And I think he's going to bring the Rays to a World Series win in game number two. Tommy? It's a good pick. You know, I was thinking about going with the Rays, but since you picked them, I got to try to gain some ground here. I'm going with the Los Angeles Dodgers. I certainly think they have the lineup to do it. They haven't announced who's pitching as of yet, but I think that the lineup will get them there, and they're going to win game two. I'm going to have to roll the Dodgers, too. Um, part of the fact, because I have to make up ground. Mike? Uh, I'm going with the Rays here. Um, like like I said before, accidentally, but, you know, it's just a game difference. Blake Snell has been pitching very well after his first rough start in the playoffs. The Dodgers haven't even decided their pitcher yet for game three. So I think that's a big issue. So I'm going with the Rays in game two. All right. Um, next, we have Thursday Night Football. We got an NFC East matchup, a big rivalry. 
between the New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles are 1-4-1, one, one, Giants are 1-5 and five after the win against the football team. Connor, who are you going to go with? As much as I want to go with the Giants again here, um, I'm going to roll with the Eagles. I think the Eagles had a really good second-half push against Baltimore. We've seen a lot of good second-half pushes from that team. Um, I think they come out against the Giants defense and have a good first half and then continue that into the second half and get a Thursday night football win. Tommy? I agree. I'm going to go with the Eagles. I just think that they're a better overall team than the Giants. Don't have too much to say about it, but I'm going to go with Philadelphia. I'm going to go with the Eagles too. Um, you know, you already guys already know my thoughts on Danny Dimes, but um, even, even though Sanders is out and Ertz is out, the Eagles have, haven't had a healthy lineup since day one. They haven't had any of their starters, really. So if any team can do it, honestly, Richard Rodgers and Jason Kroon will come out and somehow find a touchdown. Maybe maybe some practice squad guy. like Travis Fulgham. Yeah, like Fulgham, practice squad guy. It's just it's next man up in Philly, and I think they're going to get the job done. Mike? I'm going with the Eagles, too. Whatever. <laughs> All right. The final game is uh, the Big Ten, Big Ten opener on Friday. The Wisconsin Badgers ranked number 14 against the Illinois Fighting Alini. That's honestly the stupidest name ever. Connor, who are you going to go with? Yeah, Wisconsin's favored by 20 points, and I see them covering that. I'm going to go with Wisconsin. Covering that too? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tommy, what do you think? I agree. I'm going to go with Wisconsin. I don't know if they're going to cover the spread, but I'm going to go with Wisconsin. Of course, I got to go. I got to go with Wisconsin. I got the jersey here. No name. Uh, You know, I wish it was TJ Watt. But Wisconsin, can they win the Big Ten? I don't know. Connor's little uh, Ohio State Buckeyes. I'm not a huge uh, fan of them. But Wisconsin. They win that Big Ten with Justin Fields and Ohio State there. Justin Fields is trash. Yeah. He's quiet. Look at that. Those Aaron Rodgers, we saw that on Sunday. What? Those Aaron Rodgers, we saw that against Tampa Bay on Sunday. If we want to uh, throw jobs at quarterbacks, I mean, I'm down. <laughs> actually, actually, fun fact, fun fact. La, 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 la. I know we're getting off task, but out of Rodgers just throwing three pick sixes in his career, two of them were in Tampa Bay. I just think, you know, one was uh, this past weekend. I just thought that was a nice tidbit I learned today. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's kind of like poetic justice after all this smack. Uh, you talked about uh, Tom Brady last week. You I know, really Rodgers going to Tampa, absolutely getting crushed by the Bucks. Tom Brady threw like six more yards than Aaron Rodgers. That just that just says something about how great their defense was, Todd Bowles. But I'm gonna go with uh, the Wisconsin Badgers. Graham Mertz. Oh, I hope he's gonna come in, uh, take over for Jack Cohn, who had to have surgery. Uh, I'm I'm thinking highly of this team, Mike. Yeah, I'm going with Wisconsin. They're just the better team. All right. That finishes up Go Picks. We got a little off task. Um, you could blame that on Connor Wood. But, of course, we got the Go of the Week coming up next, so we'll see you guys there. <laughs> Welcome back to Go Chat. We are back with the Go of the Week. Uh, we had a good week last week. Of course, I got the win with Chase Claypool. Uh, so, if we look at the leaderboard, I'm up with seven. Connor and Mike have six. And Tommy – Tommy, what's going on, buddy? I don't know. It's not my fault that people don't want to vote for baseball players. I think I should win this week, but I know that I won't because, you know, 
nobody likes baseball here, which I don't understand. But give your guy, give your guy. Let's hear your let's hear your hear your spiel why you should win. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Corey Seager because he won the NLCS MVP. I don't know if anybody else can top that for the go of the weeks this week, but he hit 310 the series. He had five home runs, 11 RBIs. He was great, and he was a big reason why the Dodgers were able to come back and uh, come back from that 3-1 deficit and win the National League title. So I think that Corey Seager is more than deserving because without him, they wouldn't be in the World Series right now. And I just think you have to recognize how good he was in that series. Very, very moving speech, Tommy. I wish you the best in the voting. He's going to get Tommy three votes. I'd say two. I'd say two. Jeremy Goldstein and someone else. (laughs) Thank you, Jeremy. Over under at two and a half. All right. (laughs) Connor, who's your girl of the week? I'm going to go with the killer of the Dallas Cowboys, Kenyon Drake. (laughs) 20 carries, 164 yards, and two touchdowns against. Swiss cheese, pretty much. Kenyon Drake's my go to the week. Mike? I'm going with Matt Ryan right here. <laughs> he finally got the Falcons' first win in the season with a blowout of the Minnesota Vikings. I know the Vikings were heavily favored coming into this game, and Matt Ryan shut up everyone. He had a 75% uh, completion percentage, completing 30 out of the 40 of his passes, almost 400 yards, four touchdowns, and a QBR of 92.5. That's near perfect. He was absolutely fantastic, and he was by far the biggest reason the Falcons were able to defeat the Vikings for their first one of the season. Uh, great picks, guys, but I'm going to have to go with King Derrick Henry <laughs> for his performance against the Houston Texans. That went, game went into overtime, 212 yards, um, two touchdowns. Five of uh, two receptions and 52 yards. Uh, I'd also like to point out the fact that uh, he has three 200 rushing yard games since 2018, and the rest of the NFL has three. This guy has taken the league by storm in the past couple of years, but this past week was amazing. Guys, you know, look at me, look at me. It, fans, viewers, if you're watching this, were you affected by Derrick Henry this week? Did, was he on your fantasy team? Connor, how many points did he get? I know you had him in one league. 40.2. There you have it. That is GOAT material right there. And, Tommy, you're not going to win. <laughs> Thank you. Why are we so mean to Tommy? Let's not forget that, like, he, like, was destroying us. I mean, we, we did take the lead back. But, Tommy, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I honestly don't. It just well, when Mike went from, let's not be mean to Tommy to, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, here we go circling again. Man, there's a bunch of helicopters in here. I know, we're all around Mike's room because all he does is just fly around in circles like propellers. All right, any final jabs, any final things to say before we end this uh, episode? Them Cowboys looked really good on Monday Night Football. At least we have a win. I, I mean, I don't care. The Jets suck, but I mean. <laughs> the Cowboys suck too. Huh? I honestly hope we tank and get like a top five pick. I want, I want the football team to win this division. Screw the Eagles. Screw the Giants. Football team all the way. Let's go Kyle Allen leading the, uh, the football team to a 6-10 and 10 victory of the NFC East. I'm ready for it. We're Perfect. only 163 days away from Yankees opening day. Just oh, my God. Anyways, <laughs> right. I think that kind of wraps up this episode. Another 
good episode. Um, of course, we, we, lo- we love the hot takes here. Connor, not so much. Anyways, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, follow us on all of our platforms, and we will see you next time.